to the audio event of the century, featuring two lifelong best friends. We love the Leafs. We love each other. But most of all, we love William Nylander. Welcome to the Buds All Day Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very euphoric edition of the Buds All Day Podcast. I'm Sats Mundine, and I am joined by Stephen Brown. That's got to be just the greatest game ever. I'm sorry to sabotage the beginning of the thing. I'm just so excited to get going and talk about that game with you guys. No, this is more than welcome. It's going to be a very probably off-the-cuff style podcast, just sitting here basking in the glory because as Leaf fans, we got to take these moments when they come, and we just got to run with them. So the other guy I need to introduce is Noah Banks. I don't even want to say what's up, guys, to this episode because I'm just so fired up, and I know everybody listening is too. So I already know what's up with you guys. What's up is the Toronto Maple Leafs, 3-2 in their series with the Tampa Bay Lightning after an absolutely exhilarating 4-3 victory, comeback victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's a million different things that we need to talk about tonight. So Steve, I'll throw it to you. What is the first thing you'd like to talk about, the first thoughts you have coming out of that wonderful game? That was better than game one. Like, I've seen people in my comment section over on YouTube be pessimistic about the Leafs all season long. And those same people that leave the exact same comments after every single video just absolutely melted into just overjoyed little kids. And because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful game from start to finish. And after this one, knowing myself, uh, I just I absolutely melted like a little kid sitting in my uh, seat watching this game. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing in that second and in that third period. This is unbelievable. It checks every single box. All the stars came to play, and they got a ton. It checks every single box. Truer words have never been spoken. We got big goals from the big game players. Uh, guys who needed to have big games had big games, and just... After that first period, it could have been really easier for the Leafs to, to, to just say, fuck it, we're done. Let's go to Tampa and we'll try to win two straight. But man, they battled and it felt like they they didn't think they were out of it, even though like many Leafs fans did. It just they they never stopped coming. And man, I love that attitude from this Leafs team because we haven't seen that in a while. And I will admit, I was one of those Leaf fans who was down and out. I'm glad I didn't tweet out my thoughts that I was actually having as it was 2 nothing because I was ready to just say that these guys were the same old Leafs, you know, that, that nothing has changed. They're never going to win with this core. And then each and every one of the core four absolutely dominated the game in their own way. We had Matthews and Marner, you know, when they were losing, they were tearing it up in terms of expected goals. And you're like, I just want to see it go in the net. But Tavares and Nylander, they had that covered with massive, massive goals. Uh, For each of them, massive plays by Tavares. And then Matthews and Marner were able to put the icing on the cake with that winning goal. So, yeah, they they made me and I'm sure a lot of Leaf fans feel very stupid at the end of that game. I just, I sat there and when the first goal went in off of Tavares' skate, not sure if they're going to give credit to that goal to Nylander after the game or not, but... Um, I, I didn't, I didn't smile. I didn't give any sort of reaction at all. I just sat there and it felt like I held my breath for the better part of an hour and a half until they scored the second goal. I believe it was Morgan Riley that scored the second goal that tied it. 
and I, I just, I, I, I exhaled and then just gave a little bit of a smile. And I said, okay, now we can reset and I can finally start enjoying this hockey game. Oh man. I think you nailed it right there. As soon as that Morgan Riley shot goes in the net, it was just like, it truly felt like we were back in it after that Tavares goal. Like I started to believe again, Oh, maybe we mount to come back here, but it just, it really felt true. As soon as that Riley goal goes in, it was just like, the weight off our shoulders. And I, I truly felt at that moment, like, Hey, they might do this here. And you know, they did <laughs> just, wow. Yeah. And then it came in waves. Like we had that Riley goal and then Nylander scores a little over a minute later. And then the top just blew off of the building. And all of a sudden you go from the third period feeling like it's moving at a hundred seconds per se actual second, just because it was, you know, when you're losing the game feels so quick. And then all of a sudden the game feels like it's, in quicksand it's going so slowly because you just cannot wait for it to end and it was an amazing turnaround by the guys and i'm just i i have to shout out to john Tavares because he turned that game around i don't know if like you said steve if he's going to get credit for that first goal but that morgan riley goal to tie the game at 2-2 that was all john Tavares. but it didn't start that way, right? It was a really slow start in this game. And like we said, we were thinking, what are we going to say? What are we going to do? And that's the main thing that I was thinking to myself is what do you say? Because what already hasn't been said about this team starting slow and not showing up when they need to the absolute most. And um, Jack Campbell lets in two goals early on a very similar looking goal to start the game that we saw in game four where Stamkos gets a puck where it dribbles over like three or four guys a stick. It comes to him and he snipes it. And then Hedman scores on the power play afterwards. And then Jason Spezza goes over to talk to Jack Campbell and Noah, you mentioned it before we started recording. Apparently he had this just masterpiece of a speech in the first intermission of the game. And they came out absolutely just shot out of a cannon in that second period. Jason Spezza might be the greatest use of $750,000 on the cap that has ever been spent in the NHL. It feels like every single time this team needs a hero, he's just like, don't worry, guys, I got this. And does something, whether it's a fight, whether it's a big goal, or just standing up and making this big speech. This is probably maybe his last run or one of his last runs at a cup. And just for him to just exactly like go over to Campbell and give him a little uh seal of approval hey we got lots of time left in this game and then to have a big uh, supposedly speech in the sec in the first intermission that just rallies the troops like man it's uh I just can't say enough good things about Jason Spezza like if he if that's the the reason that we came back in this game like man gotta have him in for game six I think there's no question he'll be in the lineup for game six. I remember thinking when it was 2 nothing and they showed that video of him having a conversation with Jack, I was like, oh, poor Spezza. Here he goes again, absolutely let down by the core guys that he has so has had so much faith in, you know, to take these cheap contracts when he probably could have got a little more money. He He's invested in this core. He knows, I said it in the last podcast, he might be the most desperate guy on the ice between the two teams to win the Stanley Cup. He's nearing the end of his career and he's just all the guys on Tampa they've won cups in their career he's the only one who really hasn't won anything so to see it not only that he contributed to it but it's just it's so good for him as a guy to see because you just you want this team to win for him so badly 
And to Campbell's credit, he was huge in the Maple Leafs coming back in this game. I believe he made the stop on the Nick Paul breakaway when it was just 2-1, to one, and he kept them in it as they went. I know Ryan McDonough scored the third goal, but that's probably one of the nicest slap shots I've seen all season long, and he kind of gets lost right out in front. Um, and it's just a clear, it's, it's a clear shot. Like I said, it's one of the nicest slap shots I've seen all season long from almost anyone. It's just, it's, it's incredible to me that after the Maple Leafs have gotten goalied, uh, what it seems like almost all season long by backups and third stringers and guys you've never even heard of before. I still remember sitting up at like at midnight and Karel Vimelka was making save after save after save against uh, the Leafs when they played uh, the Coyotes earlier in the year. And they got the best goalie arguably in the entire NHL with an 880 save percentage through five games in these playoffs. It's just, I could just melt in my chair and just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful is what it is. I'm with you. And it actually reminds me of something I said in the preview podcast for this series. Me and you, Stephen, were talking about how the Leafs were kind of up against it with such a great team and then having a good goalie. And I said, the only thing that I can really take solace in is that we were so wrong about Carey Price last year. Everybody said he was going to be terrible. He was not really a great goalie. And then the unpredictable happened, and he was amazing in the playoffs. The Leafs have been shut down by Corpusalo, by countless guys every playoffs. It, is it not the most leafy thing ever, Noah, for the Leafs to finally break through against the goalie when it's the greatest of a generation? Yeah, and just on Jack Campbell, it, we said it in the playoff preview, but if Jack Campbell plays well enough for you to win, you're going to win. And tonight, you know, he lets in the two stinkers, but then after that, he... He played as well as I've seen a Leaf goalie play in my lifetime, and he's a huge reason why we won. And man, like if we had to sacrifice the crappy games and the getting goalied all season and all uh, the times we have in the playoffs to get a game like that, I'm taking it because that game five was so big for this franchise and so big for this core that I am just beaming after a game like that. And to be up three games to two against the Tampa Bay Lightning, against Andre Vasilevsky, like you said, the best goalie of his generation. Just there are so many things to be happy about here. They also do it having pretty much the same guys in the lineup. They almost, sorry, exactly the same guys in the lineup. They've flip-flopped the lines a little bit with Mikheyev, Tavares, and Kerfoot being together. Then they reunited Engvall and Nylander. Um, and... Ever since the Maple Leafs separated Tavares and Nylander, that was uh, the game against the Montreal Canadiens in like late March when Nylander blew that awful back check on the one David Savard goal. They finished 14-2-2 to end the regular season with those guys split up. And through parts of this game, they've reunited them. I know the line combination with John Tavares that played the most amount of ice at 5-on-5 five five was Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander, which was the line that they had going for better parts of the, like the last three seasons and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. They put them back together when it matters the absolute most. And Tavares comes up with um, a goal and an assist Nylander with a goal and two assists and Kerfoot was instrumental on the penalty kill all night long. It's just beautiful. It was an awesome effort from everyone. Yeah. And this is a great place to take it with Tavares because just earlier today, I was talking with my dad and I said, one game could change everything for him. He had two points in four games in the first, in the start of the series. 
And I just said, if he has one multi-point game where the Leafs win, all of a sudden that narrative is flipped. Now he's at four points in five games. His advanced metrics are pretty solid. They're decent. And you're having a very John Tavares-like series. And for William Nylander, I was pretty happy, actually, about that lame duck play that he had in game four. It wasn't a play that I was happy with. It was obviously a very bad play by Nylander, and he got rightly criticized for it. But I said, we've seen this time and time again with William Nylander where Keith criticizes him or something happens and it lights a fire under his ass. And boy, oh boy, did we have the absolute ass fire William Nylander for pretty much the whole game tonight. Yeah, it pretty much just reignited the love for John Tavares, I feel, in one night. Um, he he kind of erased all the, the crap that was being thrown at him for the first four games. And honestly, who better to start the comeback uh, than your captain, John Tavares, who's been quiet, and then just a huge goal and a couple really nice plays. I felt like he was good in his own end tonight as well. And just an overall, like, really sound game. And it just, it set the tone for this Leafs team. And it was just all up from there. So he was quiet at the start. But, you know, if if he had to be quiet for the first four games to be able to get to this point where he has a huge game five, I'm taking it a hundred times out of a hundred because, man, he was... He was a difference maker tonight, and I know a lot of Leafs fans have been asking for him to be a difference maker all series and a lot of the part of the regular season, but he was a difference maker tonight for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And it was interesting, through the first four games of this series where it really felt like John DeVeres was completely invisible, the Maple Leafs came out skating really hard in Game 1, and then in Game 2, they didn't get that. And then in game three, they really didn't get that effort, even though they won that game. There were parts of it where they did, but it wasn't a complete effort. Game four was completely miserable all throughout it. And when you don't skate, uh, your players aren't afforded the time and space, right? The defense doesn't have to respect you because they know that you're not bringing it at them. And John Tavares, maybe he slowed down a little bit, but he's never been that fast of a guy. Uh, when the Maple Leafs push the pace the way that they did tonight, it opens up more ice for everyone. And when John Tavares has a little bit of space and a little bit of room, he's able to be creative. We saw that at the end of game four, where it was a four-on-four scenario where he got that cross-feed pass to Nylander, and Nylander bombed it in for a goal. And maybe that went right to his legs because he was skating better in this game, but it was a total team effort that opened up some room for him to be really good in that game. And just a note on Nylander, like you were saying, he had that real awful play in game four. Uh, the play that he had on the David Savard goal where he completely blew the back check, um, he responded it. He responded by following up his last 17 regular season games. He had 21 points and 10 goals. That's the thing with Willie. We have seen in the past the treatment that he gets versus the treatment that Marner gets and a lot of you know Nylander defenders We'll be like, why does Nylander always get criticized? But it's for nights like this because he said it earlier in the year. He needs that kind of kick in the ass from the coach or from somebody to get him going. And when we get him going, he's such a special player. He just completely turns this team around. Like if you have a night like tonight where Matthews and Marner are absolutely dominating possession, I think they're at 95% expected goals after two periods. The whole benefit of this team is that you're supposed to have two lines that can come at you and wave. So when you get that fired up William Nylander, this team is pretty much impossible to beat. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because throughout the year, I felt that people lost sight of that, that at the beginning of the year, Nylander said that he welcomes the coach calling him out, that he sometimes needs that bit of a kick in the butt. And some people take that as, 
you're a professional athlete. You make millions of dollars. Uh, just show up. You shouldn't need to be motivated, but everyone's a little bit different, right? And if that's Sheldon Keefe and William Nylander's relationship where they're okay with arguing with each other, some people are completely fine with that. I don't have a problem if that's their dynamic, if that's their relationship, the same way that I didn't have a problem with Sheldon Keefe calling Jack Campbell over during the TV timeout and having a conversation with him and just asking where he was in that game for, if that's their relationship, that's their relationship. If it works, it works. I really don't care. Now, another guy who got criticized similarly to Nylander by a lot of fans was Justin Hall. I've kind of been defending him a little bit on Twitter over the last two days, pointing out that he's had some of the best metrics on the team over the last few games. Sheldon Keefe himself said he rewatched game four three times and thought that the Hall-Giordano pairing was one of the least best. So, Noah, what, what were your thoughts on Justin Hall tonight? I thought Hall looked really good. I liked his uh, I liked his ability to get sticks and lands. It felt like he was his six four frame. You know, he was long tonight. He was able to. I felt like he he was almost getting uh, in front of the net and pushing guys off a little bit more than I've seen in the regular season. And just it felt like everything that makes Justin Hall special was enhanced tonight. And just this was a good game from Justin Hall and. After that Steve Simmons quote where he's called the worst defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs and then a resounding um, talk from uh, Sheldon Keefe saying how he's not the worst defenseman on the Leafs, just it was a great bounce back game. And again, I just liked his defensive play, sticks in lanes, moving guys from the front of the net and just overall just good, good defense that led to offense with the quick breakouts and just an overall really good game from uh, our boy Justin Hall. Justin Hall is a really weird player for me because I own a bunch of Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys, but none of them have Justin Hall on the back of them. I'm not necessarily a fan of the guy, but it's not that I don't like him either. But when people criticize him, sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not. If you're looking at that game four on the opening shift where he sort of gives the puck away and then that leads to the Stamkos opening goal. If you look at the replay, he had no forward support whatsoever on that play. And then you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, if you have no forward support whatsoever, why would you throw the puck high anyway? And yeah, it's a fair point, right? But at the same time, um, when he legitimately does things wrong, like he did in game three, where he pinched on a 50-50 play and it was a 3 nothing game, and then uh, he's trailing the play instead of having it in front of him. And then Brandon Hagel forces him to take that holding penalty. And then the Lightning score to make it 3-1 to one at that point, And they get some momentum back. Fine. Go ahead and criticize him for that all you want. I don't, I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't hate the guy. But if you're looking at his game four performance, there was a lot of things to like, including his effort on the penalty kill. And that carried on over to game five where the Lightning were one for five on it, but and Justin Hall was on the goal, was on the ice for one goal against. But in this series, since he came in in game three, he's led all Toronto Maple Leafs defensemen in shorthanded time on ice, and he's only been on the ice for one power play goal against. Yeah, I think he's been kind of the whipping boy unfairly. He reminds me of Jake Gardner in terms of fan perception. I don't think he's as good of a player as Jake Gardner, he's not as talented with the puck, but he's just the guy that. He makes a bunch of small plays that the fans don't really see unless you're looking for them. 
and then he makes that one gaffe, and that's all everybody will remember. But we have to remember, he was a guy who had very good metrics all year. He was a plus 14 for the, you know, the boomer stats. Like, he, he put up generally good numbers on the Leafs. And I saw a video, actually, or a thread on Twitter, maybe you guys saw it too, from Justin Bourne defending him today, where he just posted a four-minute video of just small little plays that Justin Hall makes. You know, closing off a guy, get working the puck along the board, just doing all the small things. And, yeah, you guys said it on the penalty kill. He's, he uses his big frame pretty well. He uses his long stick, and he he has clearly improved the penalty kill since uh, he's been put in the lineup. Now, one guy who I uh, did kind of want taken out of the lineup before the game was Labushkin. I thought him and Riley had really, really struggled. They were sitting at about 38% expected goals together. I thought he was stifling Riley's offense as they hadn't been out for a, an even-strength goal together. I got to say, they looked... A little bit better tonight as well. Labushkin himself ended up over 50% in terms of expected goals. We saw Riley uh, get that goal tonight. And the pairing as a whole, I thought they looked pretty good. So what were your thoughts on Labushkin? I thought he was okay. He did take, he did block the one shot off of his finger and he had the ice bag out on it afterwards. Um, so something to watch for. He did stay in the game. He didn't leave it at any point. So I don't think it was a broken finger, but it'll probably be swollen up in the gloves, but that's okay. Puck handling is not his thing anyway. Um, I thought that him and Morgan Riley had a much better game, and that's uh, mostly in due part to Tampa Bay not being able to establish their really super aggressive forecheck that they had going in games three and four, where they were absolutely pressuring one of the Maple Leafs' D uh, off the back wall, where they would dump the puck specifically to one guy and then send two guys in on a two-on-one, basically, in the offensive zone and just hem them in. The Maple Leafs were forced to defend at different points in this game, but it wasn't in long stretches, and I didn't feel like they were in as much danger because they skated a lot more, and that made the Lightning respect them, and they couldn't be as aggressive. Yeah, and I felt like Riley had a really good game today, too. He kind of helped clear up a bit of Labushkin's faults with a few of his quick breakouts. Um, I felt like Riley was really good at transitioning the defense to offense tonight with either a really strong breakout pass or clearing the zone uh, with his speed. Um, Labushkin had a couple big hits tonight. And of course, he's been one of the worst Leafs defensemen uh, when you look at the advanced metrics. But overall, it was a good game tonight. Like you said, uh, that was a huge block shot, a couple of big hits from Labushkin. And then overall, not a bad night for that pair. So I anticipate they'll be together for the next game. I don't anticipate any lineup changes after a huge win like tonight, but um, definitely a promising game because we've seen them play well together in the regular season, um, and it almost feels like the playoffs have been a little ho-hum for them, so really promising for stuff. Yeah, I I wanted Lilligren in for him before this game, to be honest. I thought that you use him and Riley as an offensive pair. Labushkin's only getting about 12 minutes coming into tonight. You just give him some sheltered offensive minutes with Riley to get that maybe Austin Matthews line going. But they did look a lot better tonight. So it does bring me to a question uh, that JD Passion Fresh on Twitter, I'm sure that's a newly updated name with the passion, one of our uh, most loyal listeners asked, do you make any changes to the lineup for next game? So, Stephen, I'll throw that to you. Absolutely none. The Maple Leafs in game one, uh, they've been tinkering mostly with the fourth line. And then the second and the third, they've been... They, okay, never mind. They've been tinkering with all of the lines, pretty much. Except for the decor, for the most part. But they did bring Justin all, Never mind. They've made a lot of lineup changes. But going into Game 6 in Tampa Bay, 
where Tampa is going to have last change. Maybe you look to adjust some things on the fly, but to start next game, no, I would keep the game plan the exact same. And if they come out skating and they don't take the really dumb penalties that they did to start game five, um, they should have a much better start to their game. Um, not anticipating any line, any sort of lineup changes. Morgan Riley, I just have to add to the one point we were talking about, uh, Labushkin and Riley. Morgan Riley did really scare me at one point where he tried to dangle around one Tampa Bay four checker in the neutral zone, and that's what caused the breakaway to go back the other way. So Game-saving play by Jack yeah. Campbell right there. <laughs> Game-saving play by Jack Campbell there. But no, uh, no lineup changes. And even if there are lineup changes, I, I guarantee that the 20 skaters we saw on the roster tonight are the 20 skaters we see. Um, again, I don't I think we're going to see the exact same lineup to start the game. But um, if there's any changes, it's going to come mid-game because that was a huge win for these boys. And I'd be rolling with those 20 guys out there again because that's a, that's a massive win and they deserve to live to fight another day. So like just answering your question, I no lineup changes for me, but even if they are, it'd be mid game. I'm thinking they go with the lines that they ended the game with. I think Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander will likely be back together. Bunting will be back on that first line for sure. Like he was all game. And that's actually one very positive point for me was Michael Bunting actually looked a lot more like himself tonight. Yeah, he did. I mean, there is one point in this series where uh, they had moved him down to the fourth line, and everyone was wondering, oh, God, is he is he hurt? Uh, did he tweak something? But there's another side to that where I know our brains go to the worst right away, but, you know, he's coming back from injury. He didn't play a game to end off the regular season. He didn't play in game one of this series. It's easy to understand if there's some rust that was coming off or, you know, he's feeling a little bit sore. He's just not at 100%, but clearly – um, in games four, uh, when they did reunite Bunting, Matthews, and Marner, that line was going and had some scoring opportunities. And then in game five, uh, that line came to play. And it did not matter who was matched up against them, whether it was Anthony Strelli, Braden Point, or Alex Glorn, Eric Sternak, Victor Hedman, did not matter. They That line absolutely showed uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning who's boss. It was a real dominant performance by that top line. Yeah, 89% expected goals for them in this game. Bunting with that play to set up Matthews and Marner on the 2-on-1 and give them the winner. Just like you said earlier in the game, Noah, really all of the boxes were checked for me tonight. We got Matthews and Marner getting their huge goal. We got Tavares and Nylander. We got Bunting looking healthy. We got Jack Campbell showing up. Like, like what about this game do you not feel amazing about? Like, is there is there anything that gives you concern going into the next game? For me, it's, I'm going to be scared that the Leafs start a little bit slowly again. I, I wonder how Sheldon Keefe is, is going to approach this and try to, you know, get the Leafs to start on time, like Mike Babcock always said. The only thing I hate is now i got to see you do it again because I've seen it and I've seen you dominate this team and I've seen you show that you belong in this series and the the Leafs have shown they can win this series and I just need to see them do it. And if they come out in game six and they have a slow start or they're not really feeling it that night, I probably won't be feeling as good. But like I, I've seen it happen and I've seen them show they can do it and now you got to do it again. And that's just what playoff hockey is, you know. 
games are it's not a best of five right now it's a best of seven and uh in order to win this series you got to go back into tampa and you got to take game six because you probably don't want to be coming back to toronto to play that game seven Mike Babcock is still trying to get his teams to start on time. I believe it was like a couple of months ago, someone had tweeted out that uh, he's coaching like Saskatchewan, like university hockey, basically. And the team got absolutely blown out in like their first playoff game. So (laughs) he's, he's, he's still trying to get his team to start on time. So whatever Mike Babcock did, the stink is still on these guys to an extent. I don't know. I, they did start game one very well. They started game three. So I, it seems like it's almost a dice roll at this point. But you got to think, right? At some point, they're going to break through. And what better game to truly slay the dragon than by ending that 16-0 and streak for Vasilevsky after a loss, by coming out when, you, when people are questioning your starts, to come out and just come out guns a-blazing. Like, I don't think they will have a game where they like they cannot sit and rest on their laurels or whatever that old phrase is like they have to go and act like it is game seven it is elimination night and they need to lay it all on the line right off the bat for me that's really what it is the maple leafs have really lacked killer instinct in the playoffs for a number of years now i believe it was down goes brown had the tweet a couple of days ago the maple leafs have a one and eight record um when they are ahead in a series that's just it's not acceptable if you want to be taken seriously in the nhl and like you said vasilevsky streak where he's 16 and oh uh after coming off of a loss i think thursday thursday is the day where we finally get to say that the leaves had some killer instinct this is not going seven games i'm sorry drake it's not going seven Now, in a game like that, there are just so, so many stars to pick from. So, Noah, you get first pick. Where are you going with this uh, with this one? I'm actually going to hand out about 20,000 stars tonight to every single fan that was in the building. You know, you go down 2 nothing in the first period of a playoff game, and they were in it all night. You know, Tavares scores that goal, and it felt like the fans just were fully recharged and the Go Leafs go chance all night, and it felt like they were the sixth or seventh man on the ice, depending on what you think of the goalie, and they were a factor in this game. And I'm so glad that we have one of the louder rinks in uh, the league this playoffs because they definitely played a role in this game, and I'm so glad that we got to see that tonight. I mentioned the fans in one of my videos a couple of days ago because in game four, the Maple Leafs were struggling to create offense, struggling to really do anything in that game. And a lot of people wanted one of or both Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford in that lineup, because if you're looking at ways that you could sway momentum in your favor, how could you do that? You know, maybe with a big save a big penalty kill, maybe the goalie on the other side that's in a softy. But the easiest way to do that is just start hitting everything that moves. And when you don't have guys like Simmons and Clifford in the lineup, that's not really an option. But another way that you could sway momentum in your favor is with the crowd, right? And that was my message in that one particular video, that if you were going to be there at that game, whether it be inside or outside, you needed to be as loud as you possibly can be. Because that's the way that you could sway momentum in a game where maybe you just don't have anything going. But 
if I had to throw my my stars out here, it's going to be a combined effort here. It's going to be Matthews and Marner. I don't know if I could do that. Can I do that? Yes, sir. Yep. yep. All right. And I'm going to give it to those two guys, not necessarily for um, their performance tonight or for their performance tonight, but not necessarily for their play at five on five and driving play and the huge goal that they hooked up with. But providing that physicalness um, was key in different moments of this game. Matthews led the entire team with seven hits. Mitch Marner was second with four, including it. I don't know if you get credit for a hit with it, but in the dying minutes of that game, there was a play where Kucherov had the puck was carrying it in over the blue line and Mitch Marner stepped up on him. And that disrupted that entire lightning rush. The Leafs got the puck back and then cleared it out of the zone. It was just an impressive, just display of dominance by those two guys all around. They brought it physically as well. And it really got the crowd into it and everyone fed off of each other. And this is what we've been begging for. Like, a, just a dominant game. Our stars show that they are the best players on the ice when it counts, and they did. And I tweeted during the second intermission, I said, it's great that Matthews and Marner are putting up these great scoring chance numbers and stuff, but at the end of the day, your stars got to put it in the net. Like, after six years, you have to actually put up the points, score in those big moments, and they were able to do it. And I think that's just going to be so big for them. Like, this, this is a career defining game for them right now, if they can win this. So it's, it's just amazing to see them come up in these moments. Cause there, it was just the question that lingers. I'm pretty sure in the back of every leaf fans mind is when the, when the lights get the brightest, will they show up? And tonight they showed up and that takes me to my star who, if you listen to the intro music on this podcast, you probably had a good idea of who I was going to pick with this star. And that is my boy, William Nylander. He had that, amazing 3-2 goal, which probably wasn't Vasilevsky's best effort, but he had that goal. He had two assists in 17 minutes of ice time. The man was flying tonight. You saw pissed off Willie, and to be honest, I hope that all you Nylander haters tell him how much he sucks. I hope you see him in person between the next two games. Tell him he sucks. Tell him he's lazy. Tell him his hair is beautiful, but you still hate him. Just do that. Get the guy fired up. Sheldon Keefe, I don't care what it takes. Get this guy angry and get this guy to think people doubt him because when he has that, you know, that fire under his ass, like I said earlier, he is a special, special player. The main thing, though, for me, I don't know if we're wrapping up. We've got some more things to add in there. The main thing for me will be to have that killer instinct in game six because we've been here before. We have been here before, whether it be the Boston Bruins or the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, two different types of teams. Uh, with the Boston Bruins, uh, probably a little bit more comparable to the Tampa Bay Lightning. But again, it's a different series. We're not necessarily dealing with all of the antics or the demons that come with the Boston Bruins. But um, they need this cannot go to seven games. They need to come out absolutely flying in game six. The quote from John Cooper in the in, in, in the morning, I was sitting there in the first intermission, just like, damn it, that's going to get played over and over and over again where he says, I don't know about the Leafs, but I know my team's going to show up on time. It's just that it's at daggers. You're sitting there at first intermission because the shots were 15 to five or 14 to five at that point. They didn't show up to start. Well, we can work with it, obviously, like we saw their effort in the second and the third was impressive in this one. Um, but it's about that killer instinct for me. This game was awesome, much like game one. 
but we need one more. One more. Just we one. need one more. And it, isn't that the, the story of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, Six-year rebuild comes down to game six. And uh, honestly, just win, baby. That's the... That's one of my favorite uh, quotes from uh, from our coach. Just win, baby. So uh, hopefully the Leafs come fired up. And like you said, they have that killer instinct for game six. And they want it just as bad as anyone else. So I think they need to channel their inner Kobe Bryant. When he was up, that interview, when he's up 2-0 in the finals. And they're like, Kobe, why aren't you smiling? He's just like, job's not done. Job's not done. If they go to Austin Matthews in the interview, I haven't watched it yet. I want him to have that mentality. Don't even smile. Job's not done. This is a great win. But it's it's going to go by the wayside, much like that big comeback against Columbus, if they don't actually finish the job. So you have a golden opportunity on Thursday night, just like you had in game four against Tampa. They need to show up, and it is – can it be Thursday already, guys? Actually, you know what? I kind of want to bask in this for a couple of days. So you know what? I'll, I'll be patient. Now, before we get out of here, we know this is a big game. We, we just said it. The series is not over. Game six, Noah, prediction time. What are you thinking? The six will win in six. Toronto Maple Leafs going to Tampa Bay. We said it earlier. Drake had that bet that it's going to seven. It won't quite make it there. Leafs come out flying in Tampa. We finally put to bed all the killer instinct stuff. The slay the demon, slay the dragon. Everyone's getting slain on Thursday. Toronto Maple Leafs, they'll take it in game six. Can you guys feel the passion? Can you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? Can you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? The passion is absolutely just bleeding all over the place. Um, but I do have to take a little bit more of a journalistic approach to this. I think the game six is going to be a challenge like all the games have been for the Maple Leafs. On the road, those games three and four were the toughest games of this series because they won game three, but there were definitely parts of that game that, that weren't the prettiest. Game four was just a complete slaughter. And for me, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, where John Cooper goes um, in game six, if he's going to continue to hard match that uh, Sorelli point, um, Sorelli point, Kalorn. And then Hedman and Cernak against Matthews. Um, Matthews absolutely dominated basically every single player on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. But they, he really struggled in games three and four. And I just I wonder I wonder if la I wonder if this series is going to come down to a last change. I said it about Austin Matthews before the game today that if you're going to be a top player in the world, you have to be matchup proof. And what better time to prove that you're matchup proof than in Game Six? We mentioned that Vasilevsky record. Like, there is – Tampa's got to be scared right now that they woke up the sleeping beast. Like, I know Matthews had an impact in the series at this point, but he just looked like fully formed Austin Matthews tonight. And if that guy shows up to game six, I'm sorry. It's a wrap for Tampa Bay unless Vasilevsky goes absolutely ham. So that is what I'm going to be looking for. I think we're going to know pretty early how, how the Leafs are into it. Now, with that said, before this series, I predicted Tampa Bay and six. That prediction has already been proven wrong. So in the honor of keeping the jinxes going, in honor of all this, I'm going to predict the Tampa win. And I hope you all laugh at me and think I'm a huge idiot and say Leafs in six. And that's where I'm going, Noah. Leafs in six, the six and six, and the fix is in. It's happening. Mark my thought. You can tweet at me all you want. 
the fix is in six and six. Did he actually respond to you? No, he doesn't have time and day for me. <laughs> there was there was a point earlier in the season where someone threw like a really dirty hit like in and along the boards where they just dumped someone. So I just purposely went through Google and found a play where he did the exact same thing to someone else, gift it and then tweeted it at him. I think got like 150 likes and he just never I, I definitely know he saw it because it was at the top of his notifications for like 12 hours. <laughs> oh, I always spam his replies on Twitter and it's always the top like liked tweet. So I know he's seeing it all. I'm just, I, I can't stand people like that. The Mark Mathots, the Jesse Pollocks, all these guys that just, they know that they're irrelevant fan bases, Winnipeg and Ottawa respectively. They know that there's only 14 fans combined for those teams. So they're like, well, how am I going to get some engagement? Oh, let's say something stupid about the Leafs today. That is their whole strategy. It's quite frankly pathetic to me. I think they care about the Leafs as much as Leaf fans, and they probably care about them more than their own team. So whether whether you love them or you hate them, I don't think anybody can deny that we all have the passion. And I think that's a great place to leave it. Let's hope that we are reuniting for an absolute celebration of all celebrations on Thursday night after the Leafs finally, finally slay that dragon. Thank you so much for coming on, Steve. It's always a pleasure to join you two guys. I'm happy to come on whenever you guys uh, want me to or need an extra. And uh, you guys can find me over at Downtown Sports. I've been posting basically daily videos for like the last week or so. It's been it's been tough some days. It's been tough some days. Today was really <laughs> tough. Today was really tough. Yesterday too. But <laughs> how did tonight um, feel though? How did this feel, Steve? Oh, it'll feel awesome. I'm going to get up extra early tomorrow, which I haven't done in a long time because I've been done school. Don't really have anything else to do but make these videos. So I'm going to get up extra early, and that video will be up by around 11 or 12 o'clock talking about this game. Perfect. It'll be up just in time for me to wake up and, and watch it. So that's great. I'll, I'll have that uh, while I drink my morning smoothie. Noah, thank you so much for coming on. As always, pal. Anytime. Bazinga. Leafs in six. I'm calling it. <laughs> Bazinga, the passion that unites us all, Leafs in six, let's go. 